and they don't really like each other anymore. And, and Job's been really complaining about what the Lord's been doing too, and that makes the friends upset. So, let's see what he's got to say. Verses 1 to 3. And Zophar the Namathite answered, Therefore my disquieting thoughts make me respond, even because of my inward agitation. I listen to the, to the reproof which insults me, and the spirit of my understanding makes me answer. Alright, so how's Zophar feeling? Insulted. Yeah, that's one thing. Agitated. You know, he is viewed... Do what? Agitated. Yeah. He, he, he's viewed, you know, what Job has to say as a personal attack, practically. You know, and uh, someone has said he mistakes wounded vanity for the inspiration of religious zeal. Uh, but he is, he's really hurt by Job's, uh, you know, failing to, you know, appreciate the greater wisdom of what he said. Um, but I think also, in verse 2, he's sort of nervous to try to defend God's ways. You know, um, Job says things that are just unsettling. You know, he, he's basically almost arguing against the justice of God and arguing at least that there are a lot of things in the universe that just aren't right and justice is not done and things like that. And so that's really upsetting, too, to the friends. And, uh, you know, it's almost like, if you can imagine this, you know, when Uzzah reached out his hand to study the ark, you know, it's like he was almost panicky. You know, he couldn't let the ark fall to the ground. You know, that would be a tragedy. So, you know, he threw caution to the wind and just reached out his hand to steady it. Well, that's kind of where they are. You can't let these kind of attacks on the Lord go unanswered. So they, in panic mode, you know, reach out their speech to defend God. You know, maybe, maybe without thinking it through very much because they're just so upset by the things that Job is saying. Comments and questions on that. All right, 4 to 11. Do you know this from of old, from the establishment of man on earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the godless momentary? Though his loftiness reaches the heavens and his head touches the clouds, <clears throat> he perishes forever like his refuse. Those who have seen him will say, Where is he? He flies away like a dream, and they cannot find him. Even like a vision of the night, he is chased away. The eye which saw him sees him no more, and his place no longer beholds him. His sons favor the poor, and his hands give back his wealth. His bones are full of his youthful vigor, but it lies down with him in the dust. Okay, so what's his uh, thought about the wicked? <clears throat> if they're doing well, it'll be short-lived. Exactly. You know... Uh, the the time of the wicked man enjoying success is brief. Soon he is brought down. He may raise himself up and try to exalt himself, you know, up to the uh, heavens, but he will soon perish forever like his own dung. So far, is probably not the most refined of the three. Uh, he has graphic images. Uh, but he's saying that, you know, whatever, you know, temporary prosperity or victory that the wicked man might gain is sort of like a dream. You know, you wake up and it's gone. Uh, so, you know, there's just, uh, there's no, there's nothing permanent about the wicked man's uh, victories. Soon he's gone and he lies down in the dust. 
So, you know, if a wicked man has a temporary success, it'll be gone before you know it. That's his contention. Comments and questions? We've heard these things before, haven't we? Yes. So is he comparing that with Job? Yeah. It's because he was successful before? Maybe so. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're back and forth on this question of, we you know, what, what's, what's the real outcome for the wicked? And Job says, you know, wicked men, you know, things go well for them. And the friends are saying, no, wicked men have perished soon. You know, they're kind of debating that issue, but they think Job's a wicked man, and this is what's happening. He had happened. obviously been successful before that. Yes. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you think he's trying to, you don't think that's what he's trying to say? Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe so. It could also be that Job, like, turned away from God, and God punished him. You know, one of the two, or maybe a blending of the two. Other thoughts? 12-23 Though evil is sweet in his mouth, and he hides it under his tongue, though, his desires, uh, though he desires it, it will not let it go, but holds it in his mouth. Yet his food in his stomach is changed to the venom of cobras within him. He swallows riches, but will vomit them up. God will expel him from them from his belly. He sucks the poison of cobras, the viper's tongue slays him. He does not look at the streams and rivers flowing with honey and curds, and he returns what he has attained and cannot swallow it. As to the riches of his trading, he cannot even enjoy them. For he has oppressed and forsaken the poor. He has seized a house which he has not built. Because he knew no quiet within him, he does not retain anything he desires. Nothing remains for him to devour. Therefore his prosperity does not endure. In the fullness of his plenty he will be cramped, and the hand of everyone who suffers will come against him. When he fills his belly, God will send fierce anger on him, and will rain it on him while he is eating. He may flee from the iron weapon, but the bronze bow will pierce him. Okay, let's stop there. Um... Well, it's interesting some of the things that he says about the wicked man. I mean, how does the wicked man uh, view evil? Sweet. Sweet, tasty. You know, he enjoys it. You know, he savors it. Um, can you relate to that? I mean, why would he think that sin was so, uh, so tasty, such a delicacy? Is sin fun? Do what? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, they, he's got some truth to that. I mean, look at Moses. He said he chose to, you know, the pleasures. I mean, there were some perks if he'd have Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you can see this idea of sin being something that he enjoys. It's sweet. You know, he kind of sucks on it, you know, hides it under his tongue. And just holds it in his mouth, tries to get as much as he can out of it. You know, but the thing of it is, there are some sins that are pleasant when you're committing them. But he says, look at the result. You know, what are the consequences? And what are the consequences, according to uh, Zophar in verse uh, 14 and 15? It will change to poison on the way down. Yes. You know, it's going to disagree with his system. 
you know, and the rich delicacies of his evildoers lead to, to vomiting. You know, now this is so far, but that's a pretty good image. I mean, that's kind of true. We, we, we would say the same thing, I think. You know, you may really enjoy that wickedness for now, but wait till you have to taste the consequences. It'll be a bitter pill. You'll wish you'd have never done it. You know, it's kind of like uh, um, eating something really that tastes really good, but it's actually like poisoned or it's, it's spoiled, but it tastes good. And so you really like it. And then you start getting cramps and throwing up and feeling horrible and all that. You know, sin's kind of like that. So I think that was a, that was a you know, picturesque way of Zophar describing that. Uh, not sure that it really relates to Job, but it's a, it's a you know, cool picture. Psalmy. You what? <laughs> I said psalmy. 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 Came up with that adjective in our Psalms class for a poetic description. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> this is Psalmy. You're trying to say poetic and you could come up with it and say Psalmy. <laughs> They're actually well, trying to think of like hyperbole or something like that. But that's <laughs> cool. I, I could live with that. Yeah, Psalmy. Psalmific. Is Joby? I guess this is Joby. <laughs> <laughs> it's Zophari. Zophari. This is Zophari, that's right. Zophoric. <laughs> Yeah, that would be even more, you know, <coughs> impressive. Well, so that's what he's saying. You know, he sucks down the poison of cobras in verse 16, and then it turns out to slay him. So he really is uh, destroyed by the very thing that he's pursuing and thinks he enjoys. Um, now, you see him... Um, you know, not really ever enjoying his prosperity because it doesn't last long. Look at what he did in verse 19. How did he live? Yeah, which is one of the biggest things in Job. You know, one of the decisive issues between the righteous and the wicked. How do they treat the poor and the vulnerable and the unfortunate? Really, that's true in the Old Testament as a whole. Um... So, you know, he's, his prosperity won't endure. You know, things are going to, uh, to be bad. Uh, everybody's going to turn against him. Uh, God's going to rain down his judgment upon him. Um, so, you know, it's just uh, the, the wicked man enjoys it for the moment, and then it's really terrible. I don't think we'd say that Zophar is totally wrong in what he's saying. You know, it doesn't really apply to Job, but there is some truth in, you know, the ultimate consequences catching up to the wicked man. Maybe it doesn't happen quite as regularly as often, as Zophar would say. I mean, Zophar probably makes this in almost a mechanical rule. It's not like that, but it is true that sooner or later, the wicked man gets what's coming to him. All right, comments and questions through 23. So... I'm assuming Job wasn't like this to the poor, but they've brought this up again and again that he distressed the poor. Why would he be suffering like this if he hadn't? But they don't have any idea as a proof that he's been suffering. He's, he's suffering. Okay. You know, why would you suffer if it weren't for how you treated the poor? That's their idea. I think you're exactly right. They have no proof. But they are assuming that what he's going through is proof. He wouldn't be going through it if he didn't deserve it. 
You know, you ever do that? You ever take somebody and they're going through some problem? They probably deserved it. You know. You, oh, take, you know, they're, all, they're sick all the time. Ah, they probably didn't take care of themselves. You know, or something like that. You know, they have family problems. You know, the kids don't do well. Ah, they probably didn't raise them good. You know, have, have financial problems. Ah, they're probably not good managers. You know, not recognizing that while that's true a lot of the time, you know, wicked people often do suffer in this life. It's not the only explanation. You can't just say, well, somebody's having this problem, therefore this has happened. That's too simplistic. There's more, there's more options than just that one. Okay, comments or questions through 23? It's interesting that the, how they affect or how they treat the poor and afflicted is how, I don't know, because they're not treating po Joe very well. He's the <laughs> afflicted right now. He's the poor and afflicted, and they're, they're the ones that are treating him bad, and so they should get all this back on them. That's an interesting thought. I hadn't really thought about it quite that way, but you're exactly right. They accuse Job of, you know, oppressing the vulnerable. Well, that's exactly what they're doing as they say that. Yeah, good point. And it talks about God raining his anger on him while he is eating in verse 23. Yeah. Is that what the sons were doing? Well, maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. Were they feasting or something? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that might be a... Good, good answer. You know, it's not so much God, the one who is so angry in this speech, it's so far. <laughs> you know, uh, they're all, these, these guys are a lot angrier than God is. I'd have about 24 to 29. You may flee from iron weapons, but the bronze, but the bronze bow will pierce it. It is drawn back. It was. It is drawn forth and comes out of his back. Even the wildering point from his gal terrors come upon him. Complete darkness is held in reserve for his treasures. An unfeigned fire will devour him. It will consume the survivor in his tent. The heavens will reveal his iniquity, and the earth will rise up against him. The increase of his house will depart. His possessions flow away in the day of his anger. This is a wicked man's portion from God. Even they hear it is decreed to him by God. Okay. So, um, here's the wicked man. What does he, what, he flees from the iron weapon in verse 24 and what happens? Right into the arms of the upstretched bear. Yes, yes. Thank you for that. Uh, well, well remembered there. Well, in this case, it's a bronze bow. Yeah, uh, outstretched Same bronze thing. bow. Yes. Exactly. You can't escape. Judgment of the wicked is inevitable. It's unavoidable. You know, he may think he's fleeing it, but he's going to go right into the next uh, weapon from God. Uh, they, this bow is drawn forth and comes out of his back and, and shoots him in the gallbladder. You know, which spews out all sorts of poison into his system. You know, complete darkness, unfanned fire. You know, the heavens and the earth, you know, are against him. It's just really, this is, this is what happens to the wicked man. You know, he's devoured. 
You know, he lived to eat, now he's devoured. But a special emphasis on how his possessions are taken away, taken away. for Zophar, that may be the highest, uh, you know, punishment there could be. <laughs> Take away your possessions. It also puts him right in line with Job, because that was certainly what happened to him. These guys are good speech makers, but they've only got one note. They keep singing it louder and harsher. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate somebody who can be so eloquent can fail so miserably in properly applying what he said. <laughs> but clearly, in all this, when, when they say in verse 29, this is the wicked man's portion from God, they're saying, that's what this is. This is, this is portraying what the wicked man gets. So it's not surprising they spiced it up with, you know, things that look just an awful lot like what Job got. You know, because they want Job to recognize himself. Look in the mirror, Job. Does this look anything like anybody you've ever met? You know, I think it's sort of that idea. Having made up his mind that Job's fate is sealed, Zophar will have nothing more to say. And I, for one, won't miss him. <laughs> All right, comments or questions? Did he start? No, Eliphaz. Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. So this is the last friend speech of the second cycle. So it's only... Uh, Elihu left? No, we got a third cycle. Oh. Zophar doesn't speak. Eliphaz, Bildad, Zophar, Eliphaz, Bildad, Zophar, Eliphaz, a little bit of Bildad, and no so Zophar. Oh, okay. By the way, I did tell you about the uh, shortest man in the Bible. Did we do that? Zacchaeus. No, they used to think it was Nehemiah. But then they figured out it was Bildad, the shoe height. But then Peter slept on his watch, so he's got Ah, to good point. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get ahead of Cavern. Yeah, very good. Small watch. Yeah. All right, <laughs> chapter 21 is back to Job and what he has to say back to Zophar. One to six. Then Job answered, Listen carefully to my speech, and let this be your way of consolation. Bear with me that I may speak. Then after I have spoken, you may mock. As for me, is my complaint to man? And why should I not be, why should I not be impatient? Look at me and be astonished, and put your hand over your mouth. Even when I remember, I am disturbed, and horror takes hold of my flesh. Okay, 